0: well men we are once again out in the garage and once again we're talking about dark water woodwork darkwaterkc.com right now and you're running out of time right now in the month of December you will save 25% off of your beard care products your things to take care of that majestic thing that grows out of your face you're gonna save 25% off your products when you put in the discount code for this week. You say, what is the discount code? We'll get to that in a minute. But the link is in the show notes, darkwaterkc.com. We are wrapping up out in the garage for 2023. If my mind, my mental calendar is correct, we're winding down. Uh, this, This is, I think, the last podcast of the year of 2023 it's been a good year and i cannot thank you guys enough who subscribe who email uh, your thoughts who send messages about you know episodes whether it's the interviews on monday the quiet life on wednesday or out in the garage on friday i'm serious i I thank you thank you for subscribing to this thank you for uh being along on this journey uh i i do want to say that in the last eight years of doing this uh god has built as i've said a number of times a tremendous community here and a long time ago the phrase kind of took community within the content everything that happens with the pursuit of manliness, whether it's podcast youtube videos um tribe the herd the retreat uh, tribe builder doesn't matter even things that that you know happened years ago that we're not doing now or whatever the intent is to build community that that's the heart behind it, and I don't think that's ever wavered but i I was convicted tonight as I was driving home, and uh it's it's been a week or two by the time you uh you get this podcast so uh I was convicted tonight as I was driving home and just thinking about uh the pursuit of maleness, thinking about two thousand twenty four what what I'd love to see the Lord do or what I think the Lord's doing or how he's leading um and I do this every year around December. I take a break from posting on social media I've been posting podcasts you know every few days like like normal uh that hasn't changed, but as far as posting on social media just I just take a break from that I just get tired <clears throat> between doing this. Uh, things within our own home, uh, my kids' school and church, there's just enough going on. That's just one more thing that you got to check in on and say, okay, who who commented? Who I just don't want to do it at, at the end of the year. But what I have found in taking a break from social media uh, for the last number of years during that time is my perspective changes. I feel like you get in a, a healthier uh, mental space. And it, it it it's without fail that when when I take a break from it for for you know whatever this time it's going to come out to about I don't know two weeks before it's been a month it's been you know all different but one of the things I feel convicted about right now and I just want to share it with you before we get into our text today is I th- I think from my perspective yeah from my perspective I have been guilty of trying to grow a brand or a ministry more than growing myself <clears throat> and uh, i've said before the pursuit of manliness is also my pursuit of manliness i don't sit here out in the garage i don't sit in the camping chair i don't sit in my office chair or whatever and and, and lecture you guys about man stuff and what you need to do and what you're where you're failing i, I I, I I don't do that because I'm also attempting to learn these things as well. I, I felt like I was kind of behind the eight ball. I felt like um, I'm a <laughs> I got a late start at this, so I, I I think I you know hit the gas quite a bit to try try to uh, get up to speed or at least where I feel like I should be. But I would say over the last I, I don't know how long, and the Lord has really convicted me of some things um, in the last few months that that I've been guilty of growing the brand if you will more than growing the man and 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 i hope that changes it has to change because when you try to grow a brand more than you grow yourself individually at some point you have nothing more to give at some point what you are giving becomes dangerously close to being superficial just so you can kick content out I I've been guilty of I need to find something to post. I need to find a verse. I need to find a quote. I need to I, I don't I don't want to live like that. I'm not gonna live. I can't live like that. It's not it's not um it's not what I believe God's called me to do. And so um I don't know exactly what that looks like for twenty twenty-four, but I do think it will look a little bit different. You know, we'll see. Uh we still got some time left in the year, got at least almost two weeks left in the year so we'll we'll see but uh that's enough heart to heart for me i just wanted to kind of share that with you i felt it was important to share that with you uh one nobody's asked but if you were wanting to know hey where'd this guy go uh as far as you know instagram whatever it doesn't matter nobody's asked by the way um that's that's what's going on happens every december but also that's what i feel like the lord's teaching me right now that um Don't be so focused on growing a brand or growing a ministry or whatever. You need to grow. And I don't want to neglect that. And we're going to talk about the brand in in, in the spring, in January, February. We're going to talk about it, I I promise. But um, there'll be a different context to it for sure. Okay, so today's text is Isaiah chapter 9, verse 2. So that's your discount code, Isaiah 9-2. All capital letters, 9-2. That's your discount code For darkwaterkc.com if you're saving 25% off your beard care products. And why not? Why not start the year smelling good? So Isaiah 9-2 says, The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in the land of deep deep darkness, on them a light has shone. You know, as we wind down this year, you know, it's just, to me, one of my favorite things about this time of year is the lights. I'm not a home decor guy. I have I give zero input on you know the lamp shades or what end table is where, what color the curtains are, what kind of furniture we have. Zero. I'll support whatever my wife comes up with. If she asks me a question, I'll give her feedback. Other than that, man, I really, I really have little concern. But around you know Christmas time and this time of year, you know what I'm, and I and I I I do exert. I do appreciate. it. I do enjoy it. Um, last night I was reading a book, sitting in my chair. Everybody was upstairs or in bed or whatever. Uh, We moved the record player into the living room because my son loves doing that around Christmas time. And uh, I'm listening to Johnny Cash and I'm reading a book on Theodore Roosevelt with just the Christmas lights and like a lamp. That's about as good as it can get. You know, I I just like that. But here's my problem. As I'm reading my book on Theodore Roosevelt, and I got my Christmas lights and my little nostalgic thing going on here, I have to keep holding the book up so the light hits it just right because the font is so small, right? You know, My, my son will sit at the kitchen table with no, like, hardly no lights on. And he's just banging away at his homework. And I'll be like, man, don't you want to turn the light on? We got one hanging right above your head. He's like, no, I'm good. It's like the Holy Spirit said, that used to be you. <laughs> you used to be able to see with not much light. You know, I'm like, I know. As I get older, you know, reading glasses, or it's just imperative, right? But here's what I know about light. It doesn't take a lot of light to illuminate darkness. And one of the things that's real, and the reason I want to have this conversation right now with you guys as we end this year and we look forward to another one, Is there's a weird thing that happens when you flip the calendar, you turn that page or take down the old, put up a new calendar, you put the Christmas stuff away, you do you kind of go back to the way things were, and you go, oh, okay, well, we need a vacuum over there, we need to clean that, we need to do that. And then you do it, at least in where we live in our part of the country, in bleak winter. Cold, dark blustery winter i'm sitting out here in the garage having this podcast i'm losing a little bit of feeling in my fingertips and in my ears i got my house slippers on on my feet because they're cold too i'm telling you you go back to at least around like christmas time holidays new years all that stuff you just follow la la of you got food you got people you got lights you got whatever and then you take it all down you're like now we're just cold now we're just in darkness and cold how much longer till springtime. It begins with the people who walked in darkness. What happens when you walk in darkness? Nothing good. If you went for a walk at night and there's no lights, uh, you say, uh, I'm about to, I'm about to get in some trouble. I think I told you that story about being in Tennessee and the bears that came up from just pitch black darkness. And I told my kids, I said, see what happens. We're not built for that. We're not built to walk in darkness. They are they would have ruined us had we walked down there, but you know what if you if you walk in darkness, maybe you're a. Uh Maybe you're, you're, you're trying to get away from somebody. Maybe you're up to no good, right? Like very few positive things happen when someone's just walking around or wandering in darkness and you can't find your way. You take your phone at night and you, you know, you try to shine the light. I'm kind of lazy. I'll tap the home screen and kind of flip it over, just get enough light to go. Oh, there's the door handle, or whatever. And then I stub my toe or something like that, and then I get frustrated. Well, because you didn't have light. You're trying to meander around with no light. And in Scripture, the metaphor walking is 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 used often to talk about the way somebody lives their life the bible life is viewed as a journey and then the walking is is kind of an image of your life and these people are living their life in spiritual darkness i'll go back to when the announcement of, of the birth of christ the wise men showed up and herod was disturbed and all of jerusalem with him we said why would they be disturbed because they liked living in darkness you ever seen someone driving their car down the road at night with no lights on? You're like, hey, they're going to they're hurt themselves or hurt other people, right? Or someone running down the road at night just for exercise and it's dark and they got another reflectors on. You're like, man, what are you doing? What's the matter with you? On a bicycle, whatever? You have immediate concern from someone doing that or concern for yourself. You I didn't see them at all. Like here I am going down a road and this cat this cat's out there running, you know, the great you know, marathon of his life and he's doing it in dark and he's wearing like dark clothes. And you're like, man, what's the matter with you? You could have got hurt, right? The same thing is true when you talk about the way people live their life. It says that people walking in darkness have seen a great light. Now, it seems like there's a lot, especially smaller towns. I don't know about big towns. I couldn't name one here, but I'm sure people that are from here or lived here longer could tell me some places. But it seems like these communities, there's always a house or a neighborhood or someone has this like ridiculous light show like back in Iowa there's one I think it was like Blue Creek Farms or blue there was I think it was blue something I don't know and people would drive from all over you would get in line you would wait in your car you know how it is when your car just kind of idles when it's freezing outside and the heat says no we're not keeping up you just sit there you're cold you finally get your turn and you watch like this 10 minute light show and you leave money in the jar because they're giving money to help kids that need whatever right and, and, and again people come up from all over why Because we're drawn to the lights. We're drawn to this particular light show. Well, when God announced the birth of Christ, he put on the greatest light show ever. You got an angel in the sky. You have a whole army of angels that show up. Again, one thing light will always do is always expel darkness. In the midst of a dark home or dark neighborhood or whatever, it only takes a little bit of light to begin to wipe out that darkness. Here I am sitting in my chair. Got my Christmas trees. I I got my little lamp over here trying to read, having a moment with Johnny Cash and Theodore Roosevelt. You just need a little bit of light. But it's not really conducive, right? Long term, that's not really going to work. Jesus said he is the light of the world. He told his disciples, those who are in Christ, you are the light of the world, a city on a hill that cannot be hidden. In the dark world, people don't see great lights without wondering what it means. You see something in the sky. You're you're driving down the road and you see something flashing over here. You see the sirens behind you. Some you know a, a paramedic or someone's on their way. Like when we see lights, we take note of the lights. And here's the thing: if we are in Christ, we we get to be a source of that, and we get to go tell. It says those who dwelt in the land of deep darkness, on them a light has shone. Who are the ones living in deep darkness? Isaiah prophesied about this about seven centuries before Jesus arrives. Things were not good for Israel, and they were only going to get worse. The northern tribes would be the first ones to suffer from the Assyrian invasion. So by God's mercy, they're going to be the first ones to see the light of the Messiah. Matthew chapter 4, 12 through 16 says, Now when they heard that John had been arrested, he withdrew to Galilee. And leaving Nazareth, he went and lived in Capernaum by the sea in the ter- territory of Zebulon and Naphtali, so that what was spoken by the prophet Isaiah might be fulfilled, the land of Zebulun, the land of Naphtali, the way of the sea, beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people dwelling in darkness, have seen a great light. And for those dwelling in the region of shadow of death, on them a light has dawned. From that time on, Jesus began to preach, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Matthew chapter 4 says, This is why Jesus lived where he lived. When Jesus comes to earth, he is an explosion of light. When we read these words about Jesus being light, we can't help but be drawn back to what we talked about the very first couple of weeks here in December. That light display that God puts on, speaking to Mary, speaking to Joseph, a star for the you know the shepherds and the army of angels, the magi being drawn to the star, and then coming back and seeing the star. And again, God using these sort these divine sources of light to draw people to his son. And we get to heaven, <laughs> we won't need any lights or lamps or anything like that. We'll have the Lamb of God, the perfect light. And so Jesus brings us an intellectual light. He logically explains to us who God is, what God is like. What he wants from us, what living for God, what being kingdom citizens looks like. He brings light. He sheds light on all that. He doesn't leave us in the darkness. You look at the Bible and say, I wish the Bible talked about or, you know, they don't tell. The Bible gives us more than enough information to be productive and effective and obedient while we're here on this planet. I began this podcast talking about enjoying some low light in my house. Do you? Man, I do that in my office sometimes. I'll just, you know, especially a cold, rainy day, I'll just turn on the lamps. And, you know, I got the overhead light I could turn on, you know, whatever. But just the low light kind of slows you down a little bit. I like to put on some old music, maybe some Glenn Miller or something, you know, just kind of get your mind right, get a cup of coffee, get the word out, get your journal out or something and say, okay, let's, let's kind of, let's focus here, right? But if you really needed something done, like today, as I was getting ready to leave, I had all those lights on. I slowly turned them off, and I, then you turn the big light on. If I lost my keys in my house, would I just leave the, just the Christmas lights and the old lamp next to my chair on? No, turn the lights on. We want everything to be up, right? Get them bright. If I'm in the kitchen and I'm trying trying to read something, and you know, I said, no, 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 just bring me the candle. Now I don't live in the 1800s. I don't. I don't have to do that no more. Flip the switch. We pay for it. Okay, I get in the car, I'll say, oh, let's just turn all the lights down and we'll, we'll be fine. We're going to save, we're going to save some battery. here." They say, turn the lights on. When things matter, you turn the lights on. You need the lights on, right? It, it, that's why I, lo- again, I love this time of year that you see this explosion of lights, even from people who don't even recognize that, who wouldn't even recognize these lights as if, as, as if symbols of Jesus, Trees covered in them. You got them all around your house. You got them in the marketplace. You walk into businesses. Here at downtown Indy, they have a big old celebration. They, they flip the switch and they light the whole downtown up. It's a big, big deal. I, I bet very few people are thinking, boy, it's just like Jesus. In the midst of darkness, in the midst of lost people, in the midst of people who don't know their left hand from their right hand, a light has dawned. He's not just a baby born, he is a savior that was sacrificed. He's not just a light, but he is the light which has overcome darkness. I'll begin to end with this. For some of y'all, maybe you attended a candle lighting service or a special service over the weekend. I know with Christmas Eve on Sunday, it it, might have varied depending on your church what they did. But one of the things we typically do is in the midst of our candle lighting service or whatever we call it, know what we call it. But our Christmas Eve service in the evening, uh, we always do the thing where everyone has candles and they light them, and we sing Silent Night, right? So Silent Night. I think it was written by a guy named Hans Gruber. I apologize if I'm wrong on that. Um, but it's, there's, there's a part where he says, Silent night, holy night, son of God, loves pure light. Radiant beams th- from thy, thy holy face with dawn of redeeming grace. Jesus, Lord, at thy birth. Jesus, Lord, at thy birth. So the backstory is this priest went for a walk and, and he wrote it. I love the backstory behind, especially like Christmas hymns. Where were they at? What were they looking at? What were they thinking about? He looked over a. It says he looked over a very quiet, winter-laden town. Is there anything more peaceful than it's all quiet, snow, right? And so they kind of put this thing together in Christmas Eve, 1818, when the now famous carol was first performed. Joseph Moore, the young priest who wrote the lyrics, played guitar, and sang along with Fra- Franz Gruber, There he is, the choir director, who had written the melody. An organ builder and repairman working at the church took a copy of the six-verse song to his home village. Six verses. I wonder if they sang all six. I bet they did. There it was picked up and spread by two families of traveling folk singers who performed around, the northern, around northern Europe in 1834. The Strasser family performed it for the king of Prussia, all because some guy swiped a copy. King of Prussia, 1839, the Rainer family of singers debuted the carol outside of Trinity Church in New York City. Look how quickly that little song about light spreads. Silent Night. Just a simple little song, right? It it's been translated over 300 languages, different arrangements, various voices, ensembles. It just feels like the world is all longing for the same thing. We love the idea of peace. We love the idea of a calm, comforting silence. And we love the idea of just enough light. But you see, with Jesus, we don't want just enough light. We want all the light. Because when the light of Jesus shines, he exposes everything. And that's hard. Because you've got to come to a place where you say, I am a sinner. I am in desperate need of forgiveness. I need, I must repent of my sins. I need that forgiveness that comes from repenting of my sins. And so some people struggle with that idea that I'm going to have to admit. I don't really have it all put together. I know. And I don't either. But that light, that that unbelievable light that shines, reveals a relentless pursuit of God for us it reveals how much he loves us it reveals this divine mercy and grace that has been shown to us through Jesus Christ you see that light that's intimidating to say "Well, it's e- that light's going to show all my, my, my sins and my weaknesses and my insecurity what that light reveals is how good our God is what that light reveals is who Jesus really is and what he really came to do, and the fact that he will return again someday. What that light reveals is those who are in Christ Jesus have God, the Holy Spirit, living and dwelling inside of them. That he gave life to our mortal bodies, that we will live forever because we have the same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead living inside of us. That's what that light reveals. And when you're living for jesus you say i don't want just enough of the light i don't want just a little bit of the light man i want all the light and what i want to do as i approach 2024 is do a better job of being the light because there are times where i'll pull my own cord and say all right we're done shut it down i want to do a better job of being the light i told you in the onset of this podcast and this this was not my plan it's not in the notes uh, I told you the onset said this podcast. I want to do a better job of growing as a man of God than I do exerting energy to try to grow, grow a ministry. If God grows this ministry, if God brings more people to it, if God opens doors and we're building tribes and we're growing our, our tribe and downloads or whatever whatever that heard all those things the retreat, man I love all those things, but that can't be my identity. I mean, that's something I get to do. It's an extension of who I am. I I, I love it. I I can't imagine my life without the community that's been built within the pursuit of manliness. These guys, I I just can't imagine. I'm a better man because of it. But I have to be honest and say, uh, you need to grow, Jarrett, as a man of God. You become a little stagnant. Uh, You become a little uh, comfortable. Or maybe you've become a little too rhythmic in your life to just, this is what we do. And I, I just don't want to be that. I don't know about you. I just don't want to be that. So, man, that's it for 2023. If I think I think this is the last podcast for the year. If my mental calendar is correct. I can't thank you enough. And uh, Laura Willing. I can't wait to see what God does in 2024. Thanks for listening. Let's keep pursuing biblical manliness.